and power, let's crucify the flesh tonight. I'll tell you, this morning, if you got offended, but that's okay. That's right. And some of you might get offended tonight, but that's okay too. For those who stayed really got a touch of heaven. So you want a touch of heaven, again, crucify that old selfish flesh. And let God be God tonight. I tell you what, brother. David loves to stir up that religion. That religious demon. Ooh, he senses that thing stirring up and he's going to go after you. He's going to stir it up even more. Hallelujah. But that's okay too. Because anything goes as long as the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Si alguien aquí que no entiende en inglés, por favor, levante su mano. Le vamos a prestar un aparatito. Todos entienden en inglés. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, come on, brother. Venga, hermano. You say, uh, I think I'm going to call Greg or... No, oh, come on, brother. Well, I want to tell y'all, some of y'all are pretty brave coming on back here tonight. Well, so am I. I'm brave too. I came back myself. <laughs> Having to deal with the religious demons is, I just, I'd rather be there in the mountains with the people who've never heard the gospel. Because y'all, every word I say, y'all will take it apart, decide what, where's that fit, where's that fit in the way I believe, and then you'll sort it out the way you believe. Problem is, what you believe is irrelevant and not important. What's important is what the Word of God says. Isn't that right? So, I just want you to know that it took a little bit of courage for me to come here too. It really did. Because uh, I, I really I don't get out of my way to defend people. I just, if it's necessary, it has to be done. Just the way it is. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Brother Greg. That's what the Bible says. Hello. Holy Ghost. Hey, all right. Everybody can hear me all right? Yeah. Well, praise God. Well, it's always exciting to be up here with y'all. Thank y'all for letting us come up here. And um, Brother David mentioned it about mm, four or five months ago. He was going to get a team of us guys to come on up and shout with you and, and shout at you and, and encourage you in the faith. And, and those of you who don't want to be encouraged, well, there's a door. Yeah. And we're not here to offend anybody. We're here to preach the truth to you. Uh, we just came out of the mountains of Mexico. I've been working with Brother David about 13 years now, brother. Shake thing. I was talking about the other day. It was 13 years, man. Long time. <laughs> He's getting on up there, man. 
but we're excited. Um, there's so much to tell you. To tell you, there's so much to let you know that um, that God is doing down in Mexico. Um, it's kind of hard, you know. Like, where do you start? Um, I'm reminded of a story in the book of uh, Matthew when Jesus was preaching the gospel. Signs and wonders always followed the preaching of Jesus. He always preached repentance, and after repentance. There was a great move of God. People were getting saved, healed, and delivered. And um, John's in prison, wondering what's going on. He'd been preaching the, the truth also. He'd been baptizing, the baptism of repentance. And uh, he comes up and he tells Herod that he's got a problem. It's called sin. And uh, Herod didn't take too much to liking that, so he threw him in jail. Well, John's in jail. He's wondering, now what do I do? I've been preaching the gospel. I've been doing the right things. I've been wondering what is going on. Jesus began to preach. He began to do great things in, in the, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. So John takes and sends two of his disciples to ask Jesus whether or not he is the one we are to wait for to wait for another. Some of us of today are in a spiritual prison. Some of you are in, you've been doing the good fight, you've been warring the good war, and sometimes you're just in a situation, you just don't know whether it's right or whether it's God or it's not. And you give up. And John, in that situation, though, he's up there and he's wondering, he says, now what do we do? Do we wait for another or are we going to just keep on going and just doing what we've been doing? So John sends two of his disciples and John here didn't go to the world. He didn't say, I want to receive some good counsel from the world because I'm discouraged. I'm, I don't know what's going on. I think I'm fixing to lose my head. He didn't send his disciples to the world. He sent his disciples to Jesus. And so when the two disciples came to Jesus, he came up to them and said, So, we're here from John, and we've got to go back to John with the report. And Jesus didn't try to tell them a bunch of religious things. He didn't tell them, well, you know, a bunch of religious uh, uh, cliches. He just said, you go tell John that you see the blind eyes open, the lame are walking, the blind, the, the, the miracle working power is at hand, and the gospel is being preached to the poor. That's the report God wants you to know today. No matter what the circumstances is around you, you may be in a dungeon, you may be in, in, in hell itself. But I want you to know that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, and there is no devil that can destroy your faith in God. And um, where we work, you know, you wonder why we're so adamant, why we're so aggressive, why we're so the way we are. Well, it's very simple. Where we work, we always face devils. Up here, you try to accommodate them. And as soon as someone comes in and tries to say, now here's this thing here, you want to say, no, leave that alone, please. Instead of saying, God, you're right. I fall on the altar and I cry out for your mercy. Because you see, the Bible says that the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force. You ain't violent enough in the kingdom of God. And so recently we, um, where we work, we face all kinds of devils, all kinds of sickness, all kinds of witchcraft, all kinds of spiritual wickedness in high places. We, we face religious spirits. We face it all. Y'all do, y'all also face it, but you just don't want to see it. You want to play, you know, play church. Sunday, Wednesday, I've done enough. 
Well, God isn't a just a Sunday, Wednesday God. God's an all-time God. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And He wants to be your God all the time. So anyway, we're in this village here called Aguanacida. And some of the testimonies you're going to hear is going to blow your mind. You say you want the power of God. You say you want to see the dead raised. You say you want to see the blind eyes open. But brother, you need to begin to put your face toward heaven and not compromise with the world. And so we're in this place, Aguanacida, and there's this man here about 20 years old. He's got a bone thing. I don't know much about all these names of these weird diseases. I really don't care because they have to bow in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, devil, come out, and you got to go. Don't try to figure it out, well, I think it's this, or I think it's that. Let me go to the doctor and find out what it is, because he might be able to tell me he's going to discourage you. Just let God have you. See, we're going to this village here, and this boy here has this, this problem in his foot. It's been like that for five or six years. It's incurable. He's gone to doctors. He's gone to witch doctors. He's tried to get as much help from the world as he could to no avail. So finally, he comes up and he finds, he finds out about people like us that are preaching the gospel with signs and wonders. And it's not about us. It's about Jesus. But Jesus, if you look in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to see where Jesus always used a man to complete his work. So you're in this building here, you think, well, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's just a chance that I come here. It's, it's because I just choose to come here. No, it's because God has ordained you to be here. What you're going to receive tonight, you're not going to be able to get any other time but tonight. And so we go in there. And we tell him, you get saved, God will heal you. That's bold statements, but that's the way it is. You get saved, God will heal you. So we pray for him. A few days go by, a few weeks go by, God heals him. It's witchcraft. Well, the main witch doctor in that area didn't like that too much, so she said, there was a lady, one of the most powerful witches in our area, she said, I'm going to curse anyone who goes into this village, and I'm going to curse their family. So... To make a long story short, we go in there, and the power of the devil is destroyed. God does a great miracle. The stuff comes on his dad. We pray for him. He gets healed. All right. Go another another village, and we got another situation where there's one of our brothers here. His name is Brother Peter. He's got a tumor on the side of his stomach here, about the size of a grapefruit. We're worshiping God, having a fire service. And all of a sudden, this brother here begins to worship and praise God like I ain't never seen him do before. I mean, he starts just jumping like he's on a pogo stick, man. Boom, 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 boom. I said, my God, what's happening to him? I don't know. I said, brother, Dave, you see that? What's going on? Now, this guy, he did about 15, 20 minutes. And all of a sudden, he falls on the ground. Bam! Oh, when he gets up, he gets up, and I mean, he's, he's changed. He comes up, and he grabs the microphone. I got something to say. I got something to say. He grabs the microphone. He says, you know, I came in here with a cancer, a tumor right here. While I was there worshiping God, God began to touch me and heal me and set me free. Now I'm healed. That thing is gone. You see, you trust in the power of God and God will do, do exploits for you. Another situation, we had a lady here, also uh, witchcraft related. She's got a... Her foot is swelled up. There's two of them, Brother David, in that area. I'm going to... She's, um, she's got a, she was vexed with this spirit of hell 
We go in there. She gets uh, gets born again. We pray for her, and it takes a little while for her to start, you know, receive her healing. We pray for her again. God completely heals her. We had servants that night at that at that place, San Colol, and we're worshiping God. And all of a sudden, I see some neighbors. Now, these neighbors here are very adamant against the gospel. They hate the gospel there. They will kill you for bringing the gospel there. Here, you can come into this church and walk out of church and, and just be like you came if you want. You know, well, praise God, I went to church, so praise God. I ain't got to face no persecution. I ain't got to give up my house. I ain't got to give up my car. I ain't got to give up this. I, ain't gotta, I can just go and do what I want to do and just worship God. You serve a convenient God, and that ain't your God. God wants to be your Lord and Savior. And so here, these people here, man, they're looking at us. They're mocking. Who do they think they are? They're just, they're just they hate you, man. It's the Antichrist. Never been in that situation. It's very difficult. So I'm sitting there. I'm just worshiping God. And you know when God comes upon you, it don't matter what you face. You can face machetes. You can face guns. You can face this and that. It doesn't matter. I remember when Paul, he was up in there and he went to that city. They said, oh, come on, Paul. We want to just work, welcome you. Preach to us. He began to preach repentance and repent for the kingdom of heaven in his hand. They said, we want to stone you. They took him and stoned him outside the building. And they threw him outside the town. He got up and he said, I must go preach the gospel to him. What? Promote What? Proclaim Paul to get so excited about the fire of God. They said, I don't care if they kill me. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Are you that excited about God? Because until you get that way, God ain't going to use you. You want to be used by God. Oh, praise God. I'm going to church with my little old convenient gospel. It ain't your convenient gospel. you got to give your life to God, man. It's about souls. You hear about the miracles and the power of God. It's about souls, man. People dying and going to hell. And we're sitting here, praise God. I'm praising God. I pray God that you'd save the multitudes, oh God. It's not a game, man. It's, it's, it's the real thing. You wonder why we're so the way we are? It's because there's people dying and going to hell. And it's our responsibility to receive and go get out there and get them, man. Oh, man. So we're, I'm sitting there and I'm worshiping God. And I just look at him, man. I said, I defy you, devil. I said, come on. Y'all come on. My mind said, they ain't going to do nothing. They're going to laugh and look at you more. Well, praise God. At least they ain't going to have that. Left. Their blood ain't going to be on my hands. All of a sudden, I looked over there. and I, Would you know that God brought them people closer to where we were worshiping God? All of a sudden. I mean, these people here have been seeing us there for years, man. See, this is the power of the gospel. Change people's lives. Take a hard heart that is completely against God and make it soft. To say, I want God. So here this guy is. He don't have no shirt on. His little girl comes with him. And he says, now, now this is, I'm just making a short story here. A long story short here. He says, I want you to go now and receive what they got for you. He took his daughter. He told his daughter to come and get what we had. What happened was her foot was infected and had worms coming out of it. Because of witchcraft. Oh, we, we can deal with sickness, brother. But worms, snakes. Stuff like that, we can't deal with that. Well, that's why, you don't get this, that's why you don't get people raised from the dead, man. Because you don't deal with it. You don't get your hands dirty. This girl comes up there and she says, I'm ready to get born again. We prayed for her and God, boom, healed her. See, that's the gospel. Holy Ghost, there's much more. Holy Ghost. But, uh, Lord bless y'all. Please take to heart what God is speaking. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's the truth. People are dying and going to hell, man. And it's our responsibility to get them. Whether it's in the mountains of Mexico or in South Texas. Don't be comfortable. Be a militant woman, a man and, and woman of God. And take the kingdom of God.
and say, I will do what's right. Holy Ghost. Lord bless y'all. Jesus. Jesus. <clears throat> it's not my fault he's that way. It's not. I wasn't the one who touched him. God did. Jesus. Okay, so what we're going to do. Gonna, while y'all looking up y'all in y'all's Bibles already, I'm already turned there because I'm going to pick up where we started this morning. In uh, Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33, y'all go ahead and get that book out. You're going to need it to verify I'm telling you the truth. See, there's a lady. See, my problem is, here I was, a good little preacher's son. I wasn't bothering nobody. I really wasn't. And then I got myself born again, and I was talking to people about Jesus, and I was a little old Southern Baptist boy over in Louisiana. Wasn't bothering nobody. And I went to a service one night, and there's this missionary from Africa there. He made me really mad. I mean, really, man. I had my shotgun in the car. You know, I'm a redneck. Carry it in the car. Truck. Pickup truck. My gun was in the pickup truck. Loaded with double-off buckshot. Winchester rounds. High brass. Three-inch magnum. So I'm serious. Okay. And this joker... <laughs> filled with the Holy Ghost, gets up, walks over her, and touches my wife on the forehead. That's not what you're supposed to do. He started prophesying to her. I'd never seen prophecy before. I'm a pastor's son, Southern Baptist boy. Been to church my whole life. Every time the doors opened, I was the one there that started the fires for y'all to get there. I was the one swept and cleaned up everything because you ladies won't come and help. I got nothing to say to you. You're going to pay for that. It ain't my job. You get out here, it's your job. Because if it ain't tidy and neat, you're going to get mad. Who are you going to get mad at? Yourself. It's not my responsibility. It's because I'm a pastor's kid. I have to come in and do it because you don't want to. You're too important and too busy. Doing what? Playing and watching TV. Wow. Feasting and playing. That's exactly what's happening. How are you missing this morning? That's good. Ah, vaya. I was talking to me too. So anyway, this guy's prophesying to her. So I look at her. Because I know we're the only one. There's only two of us that know. And I didn't say nothing. So she's got to be the one that spoke to this guy. And said this stuff. Man, I mean, my redneck boiling now. I reached and got her by the hand. I said, we out of here now. We ain't never coming back. These bunch of knotheads. What? Don't you ever touch my wife again, boy. You got that? Is that true or not, Miss Hope? Okay. Oh, it scared me. Somebody knows something. And she's telling me, David, look, I didn't tell her, man. I don't, I don't hide anything. I'm looking at her. Mm-hmm. 
Might have been messing with my heifer. My dove bearer doesn't like that too much. I like it less. Serious, this is what happened. And I told her I'll never go back. Never. Well, in the morning, something got a hold of me and brought me there, and I didn't want to go. No, wait a minute. No, I'm not confused. You are. I'm telling you, I didn't want to go. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God drew me, brought me there. And that man gets up there and starts talking about this witch doctor. Looks like Brother Greg is doing. I'm sitting there and I'm tolerating this joker, see. I got my little Baptist Bible out and open. I'm just waiting for him to make a mistake. Problem is, he didn't. Not inside the Bible. The mistake he made was, he said, <laughs> he was over there in Africa. They was in, uh, was, I think it was Nigeria is where he worked for all them years. Wasn't it? Yeah. And there was, there was fighting these witch dogs all the time. And this, now this is wild. To me, it's normal now. But then, I thought, this guy's thinking, I am a fool. He is insulting my intelligence. Because this just, this don't happen. Show me where this happens. You know, I should have been born in Missouri to show me state. Show me. <laughs> he said that they went to this village. And this lady, this witch doctor had, in, this lady was in Brujada. She was bewitched by the demon. And it had this huge sore on the side of her leg right over here. Big old thing, all the bones are showing. They laid hands on that lady in the name of Jesus. A huge frog came out the hole. Whop on the ground. Whoop, she's healed. Boy, when he said that, that was it for me. I took the bench in front of me and went, whoo, through it. I mean, right, I mean, get it. Right in church now. Place is packed out. This missionary is there. I took my Bible, shut it, boom, on the ground. And I'm up there. I said, knock him out. That's it. I'm gone. I'm going up there. He saw me coming, of course, because I'm not that easy to miss. I'm a big boy. And I was mad. And he says, come on up if you want to touch from God. I said, I'm going to touch you all right. And I got up there, I'm right face to face with him. He reached out and touched me on the forehead. Pow! Wow! Three days. I couldn't even walk. <laughs> Holy Ghost filled me with His power and grace. That was Super Bowl day. I don't remember what year, a long time ago. <laughs> I'm an avid Minnesota Viking fan. It was when they were playing in the Super Bowl. I never saw it. What I'm trying to tell you here is, you may have your way all figured out and planned, your little Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or some way that you know is right. It ain't right. What's right is the Holy Ghost way. What's right is the way of God. They are ways to God. They are not the way. God, Jesus, is the way. Jesus. Jesus. 
So I'll, I'm, I'm a taker for anybody that's willing. Come on with me. I enjoy challenges. That's what I'm trying to say. Jesus, lover of my soul. Because see, here, here's why. All right. Get, get this. Here we go. You ready? Y'all in, y'all in Exodus 33 yet? 34 somewhere there? 33. All right. Good. That'll be 33. Fine. <laughs> Jesus. February 3rd, wasn't it, when y'all had that pastor's conference in Hathia? Isn't that right? Or is it January 3rd? January 3rd. Jesus. So y'all got all spooked up about this Y2K. What happened? <laughs> Wasted all your money. Took all your money out of... Oh, what's the matter, y'all? Y'all get... Y'all... y'all see how y'all are? And you want me to be quiet? You know, come on, Dave. Calm down, bro. Why? You're making fools of yourself before the world, man. You know something? Somebody else is rich now, not you. At least you got something to drink, don't you? <laughs> Jesus. It's going to happen one of these days, but I doubt it's going to be announced in that far in advance. And I doubt if you're going to have the chance to do nothing but call on the name of Jesus. Jesus. All right. February, no, January the 3rd. January the 3rd it was. January the 3rd it was. January the 3rd it was. We went to this pastor's conference. There was 50, 60, I guess, of our pastors there. And uh, we got there, went early because there was uh, a couple people they wanted us to pray for. And that's the way we do business. We go early, we pray, we seek God, we do things right in the name of Jesus. We will keep doing that. And so this, this, uh, the first one went to, the lady was uh, really in bind. She had the uh, gallstone. She had you know, serve God. Lord, them things are painful. We laid our hands upon her in the name of Jesus and she's healed now. Second one we went to was a young lady about, what, 17, 18 years old. <clears throat> Parents were believers, but she decided to try the way of the world. The demon got her. She was, I don't know everything was wrong with her. Lots of stuff was wrong with her. And she was in a bad way. And she, we went in there. She was uh, pretty sick. She was down. I doubt if she would have made it another week or two. I don't know. She wouldn't have. So we, we were there. And the Spirit of God spoke to myself and Brother Jeff. Y'all know Jeff Baker? Brother Jeff Baker. We were together. And Brother uh, uh, Javier uh, Jay was there. And a couple of other of our guys, and a whole bunch of our directors, elders. Spirit of God spoke to us. We talked to this young lady, touched her in the name of Jesus. God raised her up right now, healed her. Boom. Third house we went to. Jesus. Jesus. We got to the third house, walking in there. It's very tense. Uh, people used to walk with God, backslid. Uh, went back with the curanderos, the turistas, brujos. They're devils, you see. Witch doctors are demons from hell. Spiritists are devils from hell. What are what the curandero? Healers, spiritist healers. 
The devils from hell. The devils. They are not part of the kingdom of God's press process. They're from the kingdom of the devil. Jesus. And this young man, he was 17. What's the matter? Because he was, he was chained four years, right? He was in the bed. He was uh, in a coma, sedated, or I'm not. We're not sure exactly about that, but he was he was sedated for sure. Because uh, he gets up, he goes out in the village, and he, he takes his people, starts eating them. Like you eat double whoppers. And so they had they captured him. And when we when we got there, he had been chained, and I we had no idea. I, I didn't personally. This guy existed. But he had been in this condition for four years. Four years. Four years. Y'all know what it means to be chained for four years? With literal chains tied to you, hooked onto you? You don't understand that, most of you. So I'm standing before the bed. I'm looking at this guy. Fell to his feet and had these shackles, chains. They were ashamed. They covered him. So I mean compassion, because I talk so hard and rough and tough, and I am that. But when it comes to hating devils, I'll stand with the best and hate them. Because see, that guy don't need any more medicine. That family don't need to waste any more money. They, they need Jesus. They need somebody that walks straight in the rows and avenues of God, Brother Hector. Why are they calling you, Brother Hector? Because you're trying to walk right. They're going to twist you and manipulate you with their politics and their Christian charismatic witchcraft to calm you down. But when they get down just right, they're going to want you fired up and filled with the Holy Ghost. You can't do both. So I've chosen God's way with their charismatic witchcraft. Whatever it costs, I'm willing to pay. Jesus did, so I think I ought to. So, because see, those people, what do they need from me? Do they need a golden calf worshiper? They've already had that. It don't work. Well, it's still in that bed. Because one of their neighbors is a black magic warlock and he casts a spell on that family. You don't know why? I know why. Because the warlock's daughter loved this boy and he said no to her. So the warlock just killed him. Wow. Here's my answer to that. I'll just speak this out to the spirits that be in this area. Bring it on. Do it. What you wait now? I think it's time. We the radio we on. But we ain't compromising anymore. But I'm ready. I know I know why I'm ready. Because I've already seen the powers of God work. As I come, because I know they work. 
grabbed that guy on the legs. We started praying. We rebuked the devil, cursed the devil in Jesus' holy name. We bind the powers and authorities of witchcraft by the glory and wonder of the cross in Jesus' name. We defy the territory of the devil in Jesus' name. We take it from him in Jesus' name by the blood that was shed for us. And we're sitting there. I looked over and I asked them people, are you born again? No, they're not born again. Okay, get them born again. Right now, that's what we're going to do. So they got born again, didn't they, Brother Jay? They got born again. Whole family then. Then we, we're sitting there. We're praying in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. We're sitting there worshiping God. I don't know how long it went on. I have no idea. I don't even know if it was half an hour, the whole thing. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. And uh, so while I'm sitting there, the Holy Ghost spoke to me two things. First thing was take whatever money was in my pocket. And walk over and give it to them people because they had wore out all their money and everything and they need, they were hungry people. So I took my money. I walked over to these Indians. I told that man here, Jesus wants you to have this. Only one problem with it. You can't use it for the devil. <laughs> can't do that. Because you see, there were people that worked diligently in another country, sent me that money on behalf of God to be used in God's kingdom. So you cannot misuse it. Because I have it. You don't have the right. You have got to do it. Feed your family and take care of them. Because that's what I'm telling you is right. You just started weeping. She did too. Went back around there. Grabbed hold of them chains. See, what you got to understand is the chains haven't been in your hand. They've been in my hand. What you got to understand is this family has been tormented by demon spirits for four years through this man, through their son. And you got to understand something else. I don't give a rip about your theology. <laughs> it don't work. I care about what the Bible says. And if I can put my hands on them chains and command them off them legs in the name of Jesus. Because I ain't no man's slave and ain't nobody else around me going to be. We're going to be free. <laughs> you understand? Death. Is acceptable. <laughs> so y'all don't know what's the matter. But the problem is, I'm talking to you through a martyr spirit. And that's what you don't understand here. That's the whole problem you're having with me. Is I am a martyr. Already gone. It's done. And I know that. So I'm free of it. Do you see, see me free of it? it? Makes me very dangerous. <laughs> On all accounts. <laughs> And I'm talking to these chains and telling them, you're not holding this kid no more. You don't have the right. You don't have the authority. It's been given to me by the blood of Jesus to release him and to release his spirit and his body in Jesus' name. And so we started singing. La sangre de Cristo tiene poder para lo que haya en so we started singing it. I'm not a good singer, but it doesn't matter. We sang, and all of a sudden, all of us were singing, singing that a few rounds, and we backed out graciously and respectfully and left. And the boy never changed. Nothing, nothing changed except the people got born again, and we gave them some money. But other than anything, any other circumstance around changing, nothing changed. All right? 
And I guess they told us it was about, what, an hour, half an hour, something like that, half an hour. After we left, we just got back over to the, to the, to the village, to the uh, other, other part of the village where we was having church over there and got things cranked up probably. And... Now, this is the boys, the man, young man's story. This is what he saw. He saw this being, glowing being, come up to the end of his bed. And reach and get something, pull it out of him. And he saw this demon struggling and he saw the, the being throw it. And he reaches and gets another one. And another one. Boom, he comes to, he's completely healed. Yeah. See? Jesus. 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 See, that's, that's what's wrong with me. Exodus 33. We'll look at verse 6. Now, this morning, we heard about the noise in verse 17 of 32. There was a noise of war in the camp, but it wasn't the noise of mastery, verse 18 of 32. It wasn't the noise of victory. Or even being overcome, but it was a noise of singing, of submission to the demon and compromise to the way of hell. That's not the will of God. That is not the will of God for us. Any of us. Anybody. That's not the will of God. That is not the will of God. They've made him this calf and everything. And then this man come down off the mountain, his name was Moses. He grabs the demon by the horns there in verse... Oh, let's see... Verse 20, right? He burned it in fire and ground it to powder and made him drink it. And then he was really hot. He was mad. And he was talking about verse 20, how they set on mischief and all this. Because, you see, the people were made naked in front of the demon, and that is not the way we're supposed to be. I don't know if y'all ever read in Ephesians chapter 6 before. But we're supposed to be covered in the armor of God. We're not supposed to stand nude in front of the enemies of our God. We're supposed to stand clothed in God's armor and power and helmet and shield and, and truth and the power of the sword and the Spirit in our hands. That's the way we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be filled with mischief and playing and feasting all the time and naked in front of the enemy. That is not the will of God for Jesus. So, where we stopped was in verse 26. Where Moses stood up and said, all right, who's on, who's on the Lord's side? Come up here. That's what we did. We went, we came up here, and the Lord touched us this morning. It was a blessing. I personally got really hammered. It was good. I liked it. I liked it. I'll get hammered again. Because I'm, I'm, I'm willing to yield. I give over to the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. More. I want more of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. And there in Exodus 33 and verse 6, I want you to look at something. The children of Israel stripped themselves. Whoops. See? That's what y'all don't like to do. I just got done telling you they were naked. But the problem is, you got to understand spiritual matters. They were naked spiritually. They were vulnerable. They were wide open to attack. It was because of all the feasting and playing and whoring around with the demon gods and the gold and the silver and, and the things of this earth that are not the will of God for you to whore around with. You can have all you want as long as you don't whore around with it. God is not against you having it. He's against you playing the fool with it. And serving it as your king and God whenever he is 
truthfully king of God. Amen? All right. Now, I want you to look here at verse 6. It says, Children of Israel strip themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. You've got to get, give it over. I'm telling you, it's time, church, to strip yourself before God. Bury your soul. Bury your spirit. Let God... He, problem is, you can't... You don't think you can trust Him. You've been hurt so much by so many people. You are a nutcase. You are hard to touch. You are hard for God. If God don't do it by miracle, you, it ain't going to get done. Because you will not open yourself up even to God. But the Bible says... They recognized their problems, their sins, and they stripped themselves there by Horeb and took all their ornaments off. Said, "Okay, we give them up. It's time. It's got to happen. You want the power of God? You got to strip yourself before God. He don't hate you. He loves you. You can trust Him. You can trust Jesus. Jesus. How can I go in there and grab hold those shackles?" And speak to them, and they obey. I'm talking about a piece of steel and chains come off because of the name of Jesus. How can worms, worms? That girl's foot was infested. Worms coming out of her feet. Laid hands on her in the name of Jesus, and worms obey the name of Jesus, and she gets healed. What is that? People have learned how to strip themselves of their ornaments of value that's to them and give themselves over to God at Horeb and let Him take them. That's what we've got to do, Brother Hector. It's a continual thing. It's a daily feat. Jesus. Jesus. Verse 7. I want you to look what happened. Boy, Moses hot. He took the tabernacle away from the people. Now, see, you don't think a man's got that right. Well, I think you're the one that's wrong. How's that sound? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? This morning, y'all missed testimony, Brother Jay. I had the great privilege to, test, to prophesy that man that died. The Spirit of God told me to tell him. Choice is simple. Serve me and live. Serve the devil and die. I had the great opportunity to tell that man that. I told him the truth. He chose the devil. He fell dead. Is that my fault then? It's not my fault. I took the tabernacle and laid it out there. He chose not to come and submit to it. He chose not to come to Horeb and strip himself of his ornaments. He chose to obey tradition. He chose to obey religion. But, 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 but I don't want to be one of these roll around on the floor people. I do. Do you have to? No, you don't have to. No, you don't have to. That is not the point. Having to or not having to. point is stripping, bearing before God, and coming out to the tabernacle and bowing to it. That's the point. You're missing the point here. This tabernacle thing has got me going. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't have none of this stated out exactly all the way. I, I will get there, but I, it's, boy. I'm not kidding you. There's people preaching on the tabernacle much better than I can. The problem is, I live in it. You know, preaching about it and living in it, they're entirely two different things. 
Boy, you, you really think a lot of yourself. Uh, that's your opinion. My opinion is, I took shackles, they fall off. Your opinion is, you keep your shackles. See, there's a difference here. There's a difference here. Well, you're talking out of pride. Am I out of pride or are you out of pride? You probably stand, I know what the Bible says, and you're still blind. I stand up here and tell you, I don't know nothing about the tabernacle, but I'm in it. How about that? There's something in There's a difference. It's got me. It's got me. Uh, things got me. And I'm not gonna give it. I'm not gonna stop it from getting me. I'm gonna yield to the process of the spirit of life. In Jesus' name. Character flaws, wrong attitudes, I give them over to God. Now what's he gonna fuss about? Didn't leave much for you, did it? <clears throat> Verse 7, Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the count. This is what's wrong. You like to be in a group. You feel secure around people that think like you. Whether it's right or wrong, you feel comfortable there. Problem is, show me that in the Bible where you're supposed to. I can show you in the Bible where anybody that got around God was uncomfortable every time. Every time they were uncomfortable and afraid and shook and did all kinds of things happen to them. And God really shows up in power. His presence comes and His fire falls. It makes everything around that's of the flesh very uncomfortable. It does. See, and Moses took the tabernacle. The problem is Moses was a man. Moses was not just a man. Moses was God's friend. He was so zealous and jealous over God and, and God's ways and God's thoughts and God's plans and God's ideas. He didn't run it across the deacon board. He just went and got it and left. What well, he did. Took it out the camp. He called it the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait, 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 wait. Just wait, 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 listen. Wait, something's wrong with this. All right, hold on. He's mad because they went whoring after other gods. He comes down, wreaks havoc and justice. 3,000 people were murdered because he said, who's on the Lord's side over here and who had to stand over there? All right, boys, draw your sword and go kill them. They went and killed 3,000 of their kinfolks. It says it right about what I didn't read it to you, but it says And that wasn't enough. When Moses' anger was vented, God said, now it's my turn. Now I'm going to plague them. And God plagued them. You can't win for losing. You're in the wrong camp, church. You've got to get in God's camp, man. Because you get these wild men of God coming off their mountains like that. And they just call down all kind of stuff on you. And they get there. But that's not the problem. The problem is the guy backing them. Because he ain't done what he says he is. No matter how much you cry and squirm, it ain't going to happen till he says, I've had enough now. 
Isn't that true or not? Is this true? I'm telling y'all the truth, I really am. See? Then, uh, look at this. It says, and he called it the tabernacle of the congregation. How can it be of the congregation if you just took it out of the congregation and put it somewhere else? Simple. The people of God, God's congregation, will follow the thing. People that are playing games and religious and satisfied to be like who they are and, and, and their identity and who they, who they purpose to be, they're satisfied with that. They won't move. They will stay put and stay religious. Jesus, told you I was on it, It says, It came to pass that everyone that sought the Lord, what did they do? They went out. From where? The camp. Do you understand that everybody in that camp was Israelites? They were people of God. Do you understand that I am not questioning that? Nor your validity at all? That This morning I tried to tell you all that. I'm not questioning your validity, your love for Jesus. It's not a question here. What's the question is here? It's your loyalty to God's presence. To the tabernacle of the Holy One. That is a very big question. And then, that everyone which sought the Lord went out into the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the count. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is drawing lines now, again. Happens in every generation. There's another one being drawn. People of God go out and camp, go to the tabernacle. Let's go. People of religion stay put because you're comfortable. Why, my grandpa thought like that. Well, your grandpa was wrong. How about that? So was mine. Good man, but he was wrong. <laughs> And it came to pass, verse 8, that when Moses went out of the tab- under the tabernacle, that all the people rose up and stood every man at the door and looked, at, looked after Moses till he was gone into the tabernacle. Why didn't they go with him? Weren't they invited? They were invited. They were invited. God invited them. He, didn't he invite him when he said, Come out of Egypt, please. Come and worship me. Is that not an invitation? I think it is. But he did all these miracles, great wonders and signs, split seas and drowned entire armies. I mean, did plagues, did... Oh, man. He protected his people, loved his people, healed his people. Then never he get sick and never clothes never wore out. Just think, put on the same shirt every day for 40 years. Think of that. As fast as conscious as y'all are, you'd never go with God. You never would. <laughs> can't change your shoes every five minutes. You just ain't listening to God. That's what y'all think. But see, the thing that interests me is not being fascist conscious of whether you like me or don't like me. But it doesn't bother me too much. What bothers me is, where's the cloud? Where's the fire? Where's the power? You may not be interested in it, but I personally am. I want that tabernacle. I want to be that tabernacle according to the New Testament covenant. We are that tabernacle. We have the right to the things that this produced. We have that right now. 
And it, and it says, And it came to pass, and Moses entered into the tabernacle of the cloud. He pillar descended, and it stood at the door of the tabernacle. The Lord spoke, uh, talked to Moses. The people saw the cloud stand at the tabernacle, and all the people rose up and worshipped, and every man was at his tent door. Well, weren't they at the tabernacle door? Lots of people in this room right here. You know that God's been moving for several years now on the planet. He's been stirring and stomping and kicking and having a good time. God has. Oh, lots of different places. He's boiled up all over the place. Doing great wonders and miracles. Our work is just, oh, it's just out of control. It's wonderful. It's just wonderful. Thousands of miracles and thousands of souls. It's just wonderful. And, and, and we're happy about that, see? But I'll tell you right now. Every time I go to church in one of our churches, I'll sit and watch and wait and see who's going to stand in the ring at their tent door and who's going to come to the tabernacle of God and receive the cloud. I'm watching for that. Because they're the very next one. The ones that won't come are the ones that going to get sick next. They're the ones that going to lose their finances next. They're the ones that going to be beating on my door at 3 o'clock in the morning. Help me, Brother David. Why? You don't want God? Go on. Leave me alone. I don't need sleep. Man, you don't have any love. Maybe I do. Maybe you need a little faith. You don't need me. You need the presence of God. Do you understand? Jesus. Jesus. Verse 11. And the Lord spake to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Wow, what a statement. I will have that. I will have that. I will have that. I seek that. I crave that. I desire that. I passionately hunt that. I seek God. Every, every other day of my life, I'm fasting. Because I am submitted to the King. Not for reasons so you'll say, hey, wow, he fasts every other day. I don't care what you say. I care what Jesus said. How about it? I want, G- I-, I want to be the friend of the Lord. He turned again to the camp. Look, Moses got up out of there. Now, I want you to look at something. Because there's lots of you, of us, of us, of us, us. There's lots of us that we need this tabernacle. All right. <clears throat> Moses gets up. He's got business to do. He's a popular fellow. Got all this problems and stuff. Got to go out here and fight with demons and clouds. Got to follow him around and stuff. Protect him because he was trying to hurt him all the time. And uh, I, that's what they do for us too. God does the same thing. But I want you to look at something. And he turned again to the camp. But, what does y'all's Bible say in verse 11? Somebody want to read that last part for me? But his servant Joshua, what? Keep reading. Ooh. Do you understand that it's possible to stay in the tabernacle of God? You know that that man, Joshua, had family, he had, I've studied it, he, he had wife, kids, he had the whole thing. But the Bible says he never departed from the tabernacle. He took care of Moses. And Moses had his own wife, his own family, his own things going, blah, blah, blah. This man served the man of God and he served the tabernacle. And what, what, did, what did it get him at the end? Who can tell me? It got him to be general of the entire force. He took over as soon as Moses stopped. You want to know how come he knew how? Because he never left the glory of God. From a young man 
to a warrior man, an older man, a mature man, he never left the glory of God's presence. He stayed in that tabernacle. Stayed in that tabernacle. That's where you need to stay, is in the tabernacle of God. You want the glory and power of God? Stay in the tabernacle. Stay on the mountain with Moses. Don't go down. Don't let them whoring, demonized, gold-worshiping devils get you out of God's presence. I know I'm right. And so do you. And I know in this materialistic society, the whole everything is done to market you. I know that. But you can break out. I did. I'm out. Won't never go back. Your system is wrong. God's system is right. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Now, God Moses fixed to get into a little foreign match with words here. What's this? Verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You told me to bring up these people and you have let me not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou said, I will, I know thee by name. Did you hear that? Do you spend enough time with God that He knows your name? Does He love you as a friend? See, the problem with saying a friend in, in this atmosphere here is, people's your friend until they cross you. There's no relational depth. There's no covenant. See? There's not those things. We've got to have those things. We've got to have those things. They're very valuable and important. And thou hast found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray you if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way. Wait, what is he talking about? My goodness. The man has been on the mountain of God. His face is actually glowing. We're fixing to see. I'm going to go there in just a second. The man's face is glowing from the presence of God, being with God so much that the glory of God's on him and he's glowing. He's so familiar or confident with God, he walks into, I mean, God's people walks in, gets the tabernacle, has them tear it down, and bring it outside the camp, and does it because God didn't tell him to. His madness did that. But God okayed it. It was the will of God to see who's on God's house, who's God's team, who's God's congregation. That is the will of God to see that, to know that, to walk in that. Every time he goes into there, God descends into the places covered in the cloud. And everybody's sitting back there trembling and shaking because the man knows God. But all of a sudden he stands up and says, I want to know you. Wow. What is that? You mean there's more? Yeah. Sure is. We haven't arrived. I've laid my hands on 22 or 23 dead people and they've all got up. That's good, isn't it? You know what's better than that? Knowing Jesus. I, I will know Him as a friend. Thousands of blind eyes and lame and I watched them. Ah, phenomenal to watch. But I'll tell you, to know God's way is the it's an amazing thing. I'm sitting to explain to you that man knows and loves Jesus, but but he asked God a question. He said, if I've now found grace in your sight, could I please know your way, please? 
My goodness, y'all, there's a depth in God that we don't want to approach to. It's too costly. I'm going in. I will find it. Show me your way that I may know you. <laughs> Please, heaven. That I may find grace in your sight. Look at this. And you know what? He was not a selfish man. Look, look, look what he says next. And consider that this nation is your people. And he's already called them his people. He's already brought them out of Egypt. He's turned the world on its ear for them. Because you see, the problem is, those were external supernatural things and feats and circumstances that he controlled, but the people were still away from him. They proved it with their idolatry. Moses wanted God to bring them all in like he was in. Do you see? That's what I want too. I wish that you all were further than we are. And we're out there, boy. I wish that the presence of God was so real to you and so powerful that we were so hungry you couldn't sit and listen to this. You'd have to fall on the floor and weep and howl to God for mercy and grace to bring it on. But you won't. You'll, you'll analyze it. You'll say, well, I heard this kind of a thing. Let me see. Let me go home and get my tape library. Oh, yeah, right here. I've heard this before. Ridiculous people that I ain't never seen in life. You can't let God touch you because then you'll be bare. You'll be stripped. You'll, you'll be vulnerable to His presence. Then you'll be responsible to be loyal to Him. To be loyal to Him. And that's something. How about that? Verse 14. And he said, My presence, look at this, this is God talking. <laughs> My presence will go with you, man, and I will give you rest. Oh, God. Look what Moses' response was to it. I mean, he's talking, do you understand who he's talking to? There's nowhere else to go. The buck stops here, buddy. And he looked at it and said, If you don't go with me in your presence, don't even take us from here. Just leave us here to die. Man, now that's nice. Where is that? Where is that heart in the church? Where is it? I want to say I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to get a hold of it. Trying to hold on to it. I want that heart. I want that presence of Jesus. That's okay. I'll find it. Because I'm looking. He'll let you go if you will look. He'll guide you in if you will let Him. He will. There is a way. Moses knew it was there. No man has ever approached God like Moses did. Ever. History proves it. And what we've got in the Spirit of God is more powerful than Moses. Something's not exactly straight now here. We will get it, won't we? Won't we? And he said to him, If thou presence go not with me, don't even take me out of here. Wherein shall it be known here that I and your people have found grace in your sight? Is it not that I go, that you go with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people from the face of the earth. See, that's, the thing, that's another problem we have in the church. You can't, you won't. Let's say it like that. You won't separate. You want to be like them. 
You want to paint your face up like them. You want to dress like them. You want to be modern like them. You want to. It's a choice you make. God's not forcing that on you. He wants us to be separate, a peculiar people, holy and set apart to Him. That's what God wants. We want to be like them. Our heart is wrong, church. We will repent in Jesus' name. Look here. Let's see. Jump over to chapter, uh, oh, chapter this, 34. Yeah. Moses came down out of that mountain again. That's his, this is Exodus 34. He got two more stones in his hand in verse 4. He hewed two stones uh, like the first ones. Moses rose up early in the morning, rose up early in the morning, went to Mount Sinai. As the Lord had commanded him, he took in his hand the two tables of stone. Look at verse 5. This is a very odd thing here. It caught my attention right away. Look, look, it says, And the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. God went down with Moses to the edge of his sanctuary and proclaimed to the people his name. And you know what? They still didn't hear. Do you know God's doing that to you? He's proclaiming His name to you. He's trying to awaken your spirit. He's trying to awaken the power in you. You've got to hear. You've got to hear with the spiritual ear. What the Spirit of God is saying. Look at verse 14. You will not worship any other God. For the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Then we'll jump over here to the part everybody wants. Verse 29. Oh, man, I want to be like Moses, man. I want to walk in the glory of God. Hallelujah. Well, you got to back up and get them other verses first. <laughs> hey, you got to go get them. you got to make it so. you got to make it so in your life. God wants it so in your life. We've got to change some of our directives, some of our decisions that we're making has got to be changed. Amen. Hallelujah, Gloria Christo, Shiata. You know, he was so caught up in God that he didn't even know that he was on fire for God. And it says it right there in verse 29 that Moses didn't know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with the Lord. Verse 30, and when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, they were afraid to come to him. So he talked to them until he got through with them, he put a veil on his face, verse 33. Verse 34, when Moses went in before the Lord to speak to him, he took the veil off. I have a message on that, about that veil. A couple hour teaching thing. <clears throat> We have to get it off. It's got to be moved. If you remember when Jesus was raised from the dead, what happened to the veil of the temple? Into, it's gone. It's out of the way. The problem is, we are not entering in to the Holy of Holies. We are the ones culpable. What is that in English? Guilty. We're guilty. We're guilty. We're guilty. You understand? It's not God's fault. He has provided the way. He has provided the example. He has opened the breach. 
He has separated uh, us from other people. He has made the way clear. We are the ones to decide we want Babylon. Jesus. Let's jump another chapter two. I'm not going to keep going here. I'm tired of talking. I want to show you. I went, got my computer out this afternoon. I was going to take a nap and you know be all rested up for y'all. But actually, I do better under pressure when I've been fasting all day and I'm mad, you know, because I'm hungry. <laughs> and I didn't get my nap like I wanted to. I've been, we've been busy, busy for a long, long time. And I was going to catch hours of sleep. I didn't do it. I went, I went on my computer. And there's, a, there's something that really got, got me stirred up. More, more stirred up. In Exodus 40. You know, because my men are, I don't even know. I told my wife. She, she asked me, actually, man, what are you doing? You, you, you're going to just blow up one of these times. And I said, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I can't. Turn, it won't turn off. I've tried. i tried. The ignition won't. It, the motor is running away with itself. And I've tried and tried to turn that thing off. It's just gone. So just live with it. Exodus 40, verse 18. Jesus. In the King James, it says, And Moses reared up the temple. I didn't know what in the world. He, God knew what he was talking about. He set it up. He put it up. and put it in its place and got it all straightened out and sorted out. Because God would give lots of gifts to men and to get this work done. You know, I understand that. That's what it means. But it still interested me. And let me show you what I run into whenever I look it up. Got one of them smart things to working for me. Look at this. Do you know that if you will go to the tabernacle instead of going to your own religion and going to your own way, your own thought patterns, but if you will go to God's tabernacle and become His presence holder, do you know what can happen to you? You can arise and become powerful. Wow. I like that term. What, what for? What do I want to be powerful? So he don't have to stay that way. Hallelujah. Did you hear what I just said? So we can touch him and poof. And he jumps and runs and plays with other children just like he is. Isn't that yeah. so that's what power is for. It ain't so you can control and manipulate people and suck money out of them because you're pretty and got charisma. Check out what charisma is in your dictionary. Go read it. Go read it. You won't be happy with what you find. Charismatic and charisma. Go read those two words in, a, in whatever dictionary. Webster's or whatever. Come on, come on, teacher, help me out. What's some more dictionaries they can look into. Webster's is great. That's right. You catch people off guard. See, see this says... Another definition of this thing to rear up the tabernacle of God, to raise it up, to set it up on behalf, you know, of your own spirit is what I'm talking about here. Plus, as a corporate body, we need to do that. And it means to arise and come to the scene. Do you not think that there's a need for someone to come to the scene? Isn't there a need? It is. Who's on the scene now? Where? Where are the miracles of Jesus? Where's the power? Where's the glory? Where's the wonder? 
I'm talking about what this tabernacle can bring. Unlimited power. Unlimited power. It means to stand or to maintain oneself in an erect attitude against something. Ooh. That's good. That's tabernacle talk. What did Moses do, tabernacle man, whenever they raised up the idol? What did he do? As soon as he saw it, what did he do? Went to it, took it, threw it down on the ground, beat it to pieces, ground it up, put it in the water, said, here, have a drink. Drink your God. <laughs> Didn't he do that? It means to establish and be confirmed. You know, there's confirmation that goes on in the church. They, they give you this little cookie and you're confirmed and, and you eat it. And it's supposedly the flesh and blood, uh, the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ that you're taking to yourself to heal you and help you and confirm you into the kingdom of God. That is not what confirmation is. Confirmation is going to the tabernacle of God and staying there, and He will stand you confirmed. Jesus. Another definition, 185C. Y'all can tell I've skipped a few. Just go the time. Jesus needs to stand and to endure, to be fixed, to be valid, to be proven, to be fulfilled, to persist, to be set, to be fixed and fulfilled and confirmed, to ratify, establish, impose your will on others. Wow. What was that? We heard of day. What's that word? Bigot. That's what I am. To raise oneself up. What's the name of that dictionary you got? We looked that word up in. You, it's your house. Get it. You. Webster's American Family. Look up the word bigot in there. It's really something. That's me. It was the definition of me in there. To cause, to arise, to raise, to set up, to build, to rouse, to stir up, to investigate truth. Wow. Neato, eh? Now, man. To constitute a thing. To station it. To make it binding. To carry it out. To make it effective. To give, give effect to. See, that's what we're supposed to do with the tabernacle of God here. All of those things I just said. Man, that's pretty nice. And look at verse 33. Do you see that it's, this is past tense? He reared up the court round about the tabernacle. He set up the hand of the court gate, and so Moses finished the work. Wow. Most people nowadays don't even start the work. Few are finished. Then you're very critical. Am I critical or am I convicted? What, what, what's the difference to you? What does it take to prove conviction? It takes criticism, criticizing in the beginning. God wants to change our hearts. Jesus. When He finished the work in verse 33, what happened in verse 34? You know why you can take or leave a preacher like me? 
because you're not sick yet. You don't have no need for a tabernacle talk. You're self-contained. You're a little God. You're a deity. That's coming down. In the name of Jesus. Jesus will be established as Lord. When Moses finished the work in 33, 34 happened, and the cloud covered the tent of the congregation, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud above abode thereon. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That is what God wants to do tonight with us. He wants to fill us. He wants to fill us and make us His body, His abode, His stand, His, stand, his establishment. That's what God wants to do. And there's something else He did. I want you to look at verse 37. If the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. We've got to learn how to walk in the Spirit of God by the glory of God. And we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Did you all know that? If we walk in the Spirit of God, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We will not. We will not. Thank you, Jesus. I want to show you something. One more thing, and I'm going to quit for tonight. But I want you to look over in Leviticus. I think it's chapter 9 or 11 or something. No, it's ten. We'll show you this. All right. Let me read this to you real quick. I'm going to quit, all right? Leviticus 10, 1 says, Nebab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron. Do you understand who those people are? They are people that were set apart, sanctified for the purpose of the priesthood of God. Took either of them his censer and put fire therein. And put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which He commanded them not. And they, there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. Do you know that I know you're bringing in false fire before God? Do you understand that He has the right to kill you over that? I'm just reading what it's read. What I'm, I, mean, I didn't write this. I just found it and read it. And I'm trying to study it and get an understanding of it. You wonder why I'm serious, Brother Hector? Because I'm finding stuff that scares you. God's serious about this business that we're taking so lightly. God wants us penetrating through the darkness. God wants us winning, and we're losing. And it's not His fault. We're going to win. And we're not going to offer strange fire. We're going to submit and offer up tabernacle fire to God. We're going to let the Spirit of God come on us. We're going to let Him change us and heal us and bless us. That's what we're going to do. You understand? That's what we're going to do. We're going to do that right now. Is that okay? Would you all please stand up? Thank you all for y'all's patience again. I'll ask you again tomorrow night for some more. If you come back, if you're brave enough. 
Come on, Jesus. 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 Holy Ghost. Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Kuresha la makanite. Oh, great Holy Ghost. Oh, great Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Would we please do La Sangre de Cristo again, please? Just two bars up. Would you please come to the presence of Jesus up front here? The anointing is very serious and authentic and real up here. Please come to Jesus. people, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 